0: Well, here we are. We're going to be interviewing Ben and Laura. Uh, why don't we start off? Give us your full names.
1: Oh. <laughs> Go on.
2: Uh, My name is Laura Jane Chase.
1: My name is Benjamin John Corey Chase. Oh, Dang. <laughs> Thank you for starting us off. Um, we'll
0: getting a little serious now. Um, the first question is, um, Ben, just give us in one minute... Um, exactly who you are um, and where you come from.
1: Just give us a little bit of Uh So uh, my parents were uh, African missionaries originally, moved back to the United Kingdom. I was born on a little tiny island off the south coast of England and spent the first 12 years of my life living in a county called Hampshire, Uh, When I was 12, though, I moved out to to Hong Kong and spent my teenage years uh, living and doing school and just having a fantastic time in the Far East. Uh, I eventually got back to the UK for university, studied business as a first degree, um, and apart from marrying this beautiful lady and having two wonderful children, I spent roughly half my working life helping to start businesses, growing businesses, entrepreneuring, uh, and half my working life... uh, sort of doing the same with churches, I suppose, so helping helping churches start, helping them grow, helping them thrive. So, yeah.
0: Lara, the same question.
2: Um, I was also born in Hampshire, so I was born in Southampton, which is just on the on the coast of England. Um, I have a younger brother, and it's just a family of four that grew up in there. I became a Christian when I was 17, so a bit later on in life, and When I had done that, I started doing kids' work voluntarily, and then I did a gap year doing kids' work, um, and then went to university to study kids, and then I've continued to do children's ministry since then. And like Ben says, we got married in 2007, and we have two kids.
0: Just gonna switch it up here. (laughs) We'll share this mic now. Um, So, Obviously, Ben, you've been a little bit all over. Um,
1: <laughs> in many ways.
0: <laughs> so how how on earth did you start planning a church here in LA? What was the story that led to that?
1: It's been an amazing story, the story of Vintage Pasadena. And uh, we wanted to share it this morning because it's been such a thing of God. In, in early 2018, we were helping to lead uh, three churches to the southwest of London. Very beautiful community, community where everybody always wants to live. Uh, Family were nearby. Churches were lovely. But we knew, I think, deep down that God was asking us to start to dream, start to think about future in a different way and so we met with a, a bishop actually in the uk and he said to us you know what, what do you want to do next what's what's in your heart and i remember saying to him well we've never really had like grand dreams other than we've always believed that god's had a plan that god's good that god's faithful and if we give ourselves to him he'll, he'll work something out and so that's really kind of where we started he then said well that's all very spiritual but what you know what do you want to do and so i remember saying well you know we've always loved church planting we've always uh, loved the idea of being involved in bigger churches and having this kind of team and having community and being able to do mission evangelism together but also when we got married we had this little dream that we wrote on the on the bottom of a bit of paper that said one day we'd love to do ministry outside of the united kingdom and uh, he said oh well, that's really great well here's like 15 different people all over the world that you might want to speak to which was really confusing and brilliant and difficult all at the same time because we ended up in conversations in every continent pretty much on earth other than antarctica and we we just had no idea at all what god was doing but we just started to explore and one of the people though that along that conversation was a guy called gare gare jones gare and his wife lizzie had planted a church called vintage in santa monica about 10 years ago now Um, they'd seen incredible movement of God and seen many people come to faith through the Alpha story, uh, seen that church just grow to three locations. And we started a conversation with Gare, which um, started off as, wow, dude, this is incredible. What have you done and how on earth does this even work? And then really kind of out of that, we realized that maybe there was some common ground to talk about the future. And so Gare invited us to come out to LA and we had, a, we had a week here in the summer of 2018. It was the hottest week of the year. We were in this tiny little Airbnb in the middle of Santa Monica. Um, sounds idyllic. It was, it was rough. <laughs> and um, I, I just thought, I don't know if I want to come here at all, but you know, God, whatever you want. But in that week, he said to me one afternoon, he said, I've got a meeting out in a place called Pasadena. i never heard of that. Um, it's two hours away from Santa Monica. Why don't you just come in the car with me because that way we can talk for two hours in the car. I mean, you don't even have to come to the meeting if you want. You can just stay in the car. Or whatever you want to do. But I, I found myself on that evening, in the middle of 2018, sitting in the garden of Greg and Irene Wellborn's house with some of you all, and uh, it was a, a really interesting meeting, just talking about what God has done to Alpha here in Pasadena. By that point, people had come to faith, the kind of embryonic start of a new community. And I just sat there, thought, "This is really interesting. I wonder why I'm here. I wonder what God is doing in this space." Um, and uh, Laura wasn't there. You know, nothing came of it in that moment. No bolt of lightning. We went back to England, continued to dream about other places in the world to to live and do ministry in. But uh, I think over the next few months, we we got to a point where we were just like, we we think we need to say yes to gear. Um, we didn't really want to. It wasn't really in our you know in our, our wildest dreams we didn't really quite work out how it was going to work if we were going to live in the west side at that point, how we were going to fit into the kind of world of vintage on the west side, but we just felt like we needed to be obedient. So we said to Gaya, we'll come. And uh, as we did that, we announced it to our church in England. They all thought we were completely crazy. Uh, But one lady came up to see me after church uh, and she said to me, "Um, Ben, I've just been praying for you and every time I pray for you, I just get the words that you need to bloom where you're planted. And I just thought, Great! (laughs) I didn't know what to do with that, Um, but I kind of chalked it down, wrote it down, and um, a few months later, first of December, twenty eighteen, she emailed. She said, "Oh Ben, I'm I'm out in Pasadena, in California. I'm seeing my relatives. Um, We are um, we've just been walking down the main street in the middle of Pasadena." And we've just seen a huge poster. I don't know what your plans are. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but there's this huge poster and it says, the, um, bloom where you're planted. Exactly the same word. So I've never seen anywhere else. I've just seen in the middle of Pasadena. Um, do you think God might might be in that at all? <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, here we go. And sure enough, I emailed Gare and said, Gare, look, I don't know what your plans are. I don't know how this is all going to work, but um, what do you think? And I thought he was going to say, oh, you know, come back and Come to the west side. Let's talk about it in a year's time. You know, got such a lot to do on the west side. But bless him, he went away with his leadership team and said, "No, you know, we've had some meetings in Pasadena these last few weeks. We're convinced that they're ready to plant a church there. We think it's going to be amazing. And actually, we think you guys would be the right people to lead that church. What do you think? You're due here in a month's time. Do you want to move there instead?" And. That was completely crazy, but at the same time, it was so obvious that it was a thing of God. Um, It took me about three milliseconds. It was like very late on Christmas Eve, I think, or no, 23rd of December, that he phoned us and said that. And I was just like, yeah, we're in like we're in and because we just knew that God was in it. and so we arrived here in February 2019 so just over a year ago now uh, no idea what God was doing but knowing that he'd called us and because we knew that he'd called us we were like this is going to be okay and sure enough as we arrived here we started to be able to piece together the story and we realized that God had been doing something not just for us for like a few months but actually with us for like Five years, 10 years, 20 years of preparation, of getting us ready, of experiences. And also, we realized that God was calling other people. And this last year, we just have kept meeting person after person after person near and far who, who we know that God's called to be part of the story. So, um, not expected, not planned, totally excited because God's been at work and doing something.
0: Guess we have to be careful what we write down.
1: never make dreams in front of God
0: Um, okay so Lara what's it like living here what's kind of give us some of the ups and downs coming from England Europe to the US I think before we came I thought
2: it's fine like Americans they speak English it's going to be fine it's going to be okay and actually we got here and everything is just slightly different like enough to be different but Yeah, so it took us a while to kind of get the hang of... Even things like grocery shopping, driving, all those kind of things just took us longer than I expected to get, if that makes sense. So um, challenge of getting kids in school, just because our vaccination system is different from over here, so everything was slightly off, and proving that our kids had had chickenpox, you know, all those kind of things. So that was a bit of a challenge. But I think the biggest um, blessing for us was this little community that Ben's already talked about, um, arriving and having somewhere to stay. So we stayed with um, John and Deanne for a week, which was just amazing to be looked after and knew that we had somewhere warm to stay for for a week. And then we managed to find a house before we came, which is again, another amazing God story. Um, But we went to visit expecting to see this empty shell of a house and we got there. And there were beds for the kids, there were toys for the kids, dining room table, something to sit on and It was just so overwhelming, just the blessing that those amazing people were to us to be able to arrive and feel like we had family already was just incredible, so.
0: So people from the church had given you? Yeah,
2: yeah, people from from here, people behind the scenes, like they're uh, mostly the the core team that have been a huge blessing to us, so.
0: We're just playing a little uh, microphone tag here. (laughs) No problem. Um, okay, so Ben, I feel like we had seven weeks of, of church in person, and then to come to online experiences, <laughs> and this is something that churches are experiencing for the first time, we're not the you know first church to, to be doing this, so... Um, I guess just give us some insight on what that's been like starting a church and then seven weeks in <laughs> going to an online service. Um,
1: Absolutely. I mean, last year we, we spent so long thinking about what physical church should look like. You know, where should we meet? What should community groups look like? How will we have gatherings of all sorts of different sizes? And then suddenly in the middle of that to find ourselves like not being able to gather not being able to do stuff was clearly not what anyone planned. And I, and I think so many people are sitting there right now going, this is just not what we we dreamt about. This is not who we expected to be. But I've been so encouraged. I said a little earlier in the service about the way that people have continued to commit to being community together in this time. Just hearing stories of Sundays, hearing stories of community groups, being able to start new community groups has been amazing. But I, you know, I also just feel like. You know, this is a this is a moment right now, and however you think that coronavirus came from, um, whatever form of evil, whatever it might be, we kind of always know that God is working for good in every situation. That's a promise of Scripture, and I feel like right now there's this there's this incredible moment for us as a church, but also for us as individuals to actually really embrace this because I think you know in in five years time or ten years time we're going to look back there's no doubt and we'll go oh do you remember when you know in 2020 when we couldn't like be with each other and we couldn't do this and the restaurants were closed and and I think for myself I'm just trying to think like you know I I want to look back and say it was good because you know not because we'd have chosen not because we want it to be a long-term reality but because actually we engage with God? Because I think, you know, right now, there's, there's, there's so many different choices that we have. You know, do we choose to just basically try our best to get out of this moment as fast as possible? And there's been all this stuff in the news this last week about just running away from, it, you know, getting back to life as it always was, as quickly as possible, just forgetting this ever happened. You know, do we just try, go for kind of like pale reflection of reality, which is like the virtual world. Do we just live in a virtual space for as much as we can and do 20 hours of Zoom a day and just feel awful from doing it? Or do we go to this really bad place? And you know, I think we've seen some of that and recognize it probably in ourselves where we just try and escape, escape into alcohol or escape into you know substances or escape into places that we shouldn't be. And there's all these kind of temptations to do this. But on the other side, I think there's this invitation of God to meet us in those places. If you read the book of Psalms or the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Job, just incredible things happen when we go to God in the midst of suffering when we go to god in the midst of pain when we go to god when we feel inside of us this sense of just ah yuck this horrible hard thing and when we don't run from it but we go to god in it actually so many of the powerful moments in scripture are in that place lament you know in there and i think in my life you know i've talked last week about you know 2008 having to lead a business through that financial crisis and how hard that was but i also take that as a moment when god turned up and did something absolutely phenomenal and amazing and I want you know I just want that to be true right now because you know all the things that I've been putting off oh I don't have time for this I don't have time for that suddenly I have some time and space and I'm just excited you know I, I, I genuinely think in the middle of all this that we will look back on it And say you know this was a good time because god is doing something and i don't know if we're going to get physical services back in a month or if it's going to be quite a lot longer than that we none of us know right but but we're just trying to make the most of it you know and trusting that god will use it and and it'll be part of our story and we'll all go do you remember when 2020 we just did it and that's how it was so
0: it's like the meme says ain't nobody got time for that and now the meme says (laughs) I got a little time <laughs> um so Laura coming off of that question um because I know there's there's some people out there that are do not have a lot of time right now so just fill us in a little bit on what your family like your family life is like right now uh, it's definitely different uh which yeah I'm
2: sure many of you are facing like we're all facing this in so many different ways whether it's that we feel incredibly lonely or we're got tons of time on our hands or we're just totally crazy because i know that we like many of you are homeschooling which um is definitely not what i've chosen to do but this is where we're at so um we definitely have good days we have less good days um homeschooling has definitely been the biggest challenge for us as a family um because there's been days that there's been so much frustration going on from us trying to figure out how we're supposed to do this teaching thing and um, from the kids trying to say, but teacher doesn't do it like that. Mm. Are we supposed to do it like this? And this is how we do it. And so we're just kind of trying to readjust to this new normal of how we how we live um, in this. So yeah, just trying to carve out time to do the the good God stuff amongst the
0: crazy busy time of doing <laughs> doing family life. So... All right, so Ben, I know right now we're online church, and it's hard to kind of put a number on things, but what do you feel like the church you would like it to look like in the next five years?
1: You know, we because we never really had a grand vision or like straight line trajectory for what we thought Vintage Pasadena was going to be, I have no written down vision for five years but I do have a lot of hope you know and as I said a minute ago there is such this sense that God brought this to being that we didn't design it there was no branding exercise there was no marketing there was no strategy to do this God just did this and even this week we've continued to meet people even this like who've said oh you know we just feel like God is calling us to be part of this and I think this. how is that possible And it's, but it's incredible and so I think overriding my, my dream and my hope is that this will, we will look back and we'll, uh, in five years and we'll see church that is just healthy really really healthy that people are coming to faith that it's a community that's totally diverse that it's full of young people that's full of children it's full of people of different backgrounds and ages that that it's also full full of people you know learning more and more what it means to live the life of jesus you know i'm so not interested in cold dark religion but i am so passionate about jesus and my hope is that in five years we'll have a church which is just brimming full of people stepping out of faith, and we're seeing it already, which is just, just so amazing. Yeah, but I, I hope that it will see just massively more. I, I don't know, you know, physically what it will look like. I certainly hope we are physically meeting together in five years' time. Otherwise, that will be hard. But um, just, just really looking for a, such a healthy, vibrant church, which is full of the word, you know, centered on the word of God, full of the Holy Spirit, and a community that just loves each other really well and loves loves God um, passionately.
0: Awesome. So, Laura, this question is for you. Um, I know we've been talking and been mentioned a thriving ministry to all ages. Um, I know he said that the last church you were in was 50% under 18-year-olds. So kind of give us a little bit of your vision for the ministry for the young people in this church.
2: I think the vision for the... A ministry for V Kids and V Youth is kind of twofold. So the first one is that the Sunday that we meet when we meet again um, will be the best hour of their week. Like they would love to come. They want to come because their friends are there. They want to come because they want to learn more about Jesus, and they want to come so bad they have to drag their parents out of bed. <laughs> like that's what I want V Kids and V Youth to be. But alongside that, I'm fully aware that actually parents are the prime influence in kids lives in kids faith and i see the kids for an hour a week and that's great and fantastic and i can support what parents are doing and i can teach the kids and we can have fun doing those things but i want to be a church that fully supports parents in bringing their kids up in faith and as a church that we are responsible for a church for that to happen not only do does ben preach to the adults but actually when we have group when we all meet together we are encouraging and developing and challenging each other as a church we are to be interdependent on each other um so that's what i long for our church to be that the older generations are discipling the younger generations and the younger generations are speaking into the different generations
0: of you know so that it's the whole church being together awesome all right so we don't have that much time left but we will let's ask um a funny question that I might have here. (laughs) Um, Let's do a a favorite part about living here in the US, have both of you do one, maybe something that's a little surprising or you didn't know or give you a minute to think about it first. (laughs)
1: Uh, i i don't know if i have anything really funny to say but i love i love living here you know i love the fact that we can be outside a lot of the time i absolutely love the food here it is great we live in arcadia and i grew up in hong kong so like the brilliant asian food that exists here most of the time when it's not shut um, it's just 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 being amazing cuz i think when people said to us oh do you want to go and live in la um uh, we thought, oh, really, and, and everybody that we know were like, you want to go and live in LA? Nobody wants to live in LA. But actually, we've loved it, and we absolutely love living in Pasadena kind of area. It's just great.
2: I have to say, I love the weather. The weather is good. Um, just to be sunny, Like it just lifts everything. It just feels like an easier place in that sense, like, emotionally, to be because of the amazing weather and yeah
1: we should put a disclaimer if people are watching from somewhere it's 100 degrees outside it's really horrible it's hot it's too hot yeah yeah. you'd you'd hate it most the time
0: (laughs) well thank you so weather obviously a theme coming from from good old england (laughs) rains quite a bit um the last question uh for right now is just um centered to you ben um it's you have an amazing story of God's guidance and faithfulness fulfilling a dream that you've had for a really long time. Um, I guess a lot of people right now are seeing their dreams dashed or put on hold. And so just kind of answer for us what, you know, how to deal when, <laughs> when things that we are, you know, planning for or believing for um, are put on hold like that.
1: Yeah, and that is so so tough, isn't it? That's such such a hard reality. Um, I think what comforts me so much is when I say that. You know, we've seen 10 years worth or 20 years worth of God preparing us for this. What I don't mean is we've had 20 years of just endless up and it's been just this one beautiful, wonderful experience after another without any problems. What I mean is actually, most of the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years have been really hard in places. And we, like almost everybody, have been through frustrations, times when we thought, oh, it was going to be like that and then it didn't happen or it happened much later or, it, you know, we thought God should do this and God did this or you know, whatever it would be, we've been through all of that stuff. And I think the reason we wanted to share the stories today was because we want to remind us remind ourselves and remind everyone, you know, God God is faithful even in that. But I know that it, right now it is tough because we look at it and we're like, yeah, but God, we thought life should be like that. Or we thought you were doing this, or we thought it was going to be like that. And, and actually what I'm trying very hard in this moment to remember, it's like, no, God is still faithful. Like God is not less of God today than he was four months ago, just because my life doesn't look like I wanted it to look like. I don't have to believe that God caused the coronavirus for fun. You know, that doesn't have to be part of my Christian story, but I, can choose to believe that this matters this is a meaningful moment right now it's not just about escaping and trying to get out of the moment as fast as i can because i do think god you know god's got great stuff